So I have to tell you the story of the epic story of my younger brother, Paul, as a third grader being confronted by the seventh grade gang. Seventh graders can be tough, especially if you're a third grader. And we had a forest nearby. I'm from the time of the 80s in which we were outside playing and making tree forts and all those different things there. And my brother went with his friends into the woods. And as they're going, they bump into a bunch of seventh graders. And the seventh graders look very, very big compared to a third grader. And so they're like, um, we're going to go right now. And the seventh grade gang leader said, you can't leave. You're in our domain. And now you're going to pay. Now, in the midst of this, it was getting close to our dinner time. And so my mom said, Andy, why don't you go find your brother, bring him back, and uh, you know, let him know it's time for dinner. So I believe I was a high schooler at that time. And I was a high schooler that also had a beard, a goatee. So I looked very formidable. But I also looked kind of goofy. I had my Indiana Jones hat on. I walked around with a big walking staff, like an oak staff for some reason. And I had a flannel shirt on. And so I just went hiking off into the wilderness because I was always thinking in terms of, uh, I always thought I was Indiana Jones. So I'm going into the woods. And my brother tells me this story in which as the ringleader and the seventh grade gang started to encircle these poor little third graders to beat them up, they're getting ready to beat them up. And my brother says that he notices the ringleader all of a sudden look up behind him and say, I hear my mom coming. Uh, I have to go right now. Bye. And he just runs away. And my brother is like, what just happened? And he looks around and I apparently in his understanding, I sort of like came out of like the woods with this like big oak staff and I glared at them and scared away the seventh grade gang because the high schooler is a lot more scarier than seventh graders. And then he's like, you saved us. And I was like, I did? Well, you have to come back for, for dinner right now. And so I brought the saved third graders back home safe and sound. So why do I, I, I share this, uh, this humorous story? My brother was caught, and he couldn't get out of that pickle. But when someone came in search of him, someone stronger than the seventh grade gang, they took flight. And in our readings today, we have even in the Alleluia verse, it says, stand erect and raise your heads because your redemption is at hand. You know the word redemption or redeemer? Sometimes we, we throw this word around, but we don't really know what it means. Redeemer in Hebrew is goel. And the goel is someone who, when a family member, a kinsman, a cousin would get kidnapped by an army or would be injured in any sort of way, the Goel was the one who says, I'm going out and I'm going to find my family member and I'm going to defeat the kidnapper. 
I'm going to defeat the one who's harmed my family member. So think about that. Jesus is our redeemer. We're caught. We're captured. We're taken. You know, Father John Ricardo has this very powerful, very intense image of someone who is caught in the horror of of human trafficking, and they're stuck, and they can't get out. They're bound. And yet, that Goel goes in search, finds them, binds the one who captured them, opens the door to freedom and says, you don't have to be afraid anymore. That's what Jesus has done for us. Sometimes we hear the gospel so much that we forget about the power of what it means. In the letter to the Ephesians, it says, you were dead because of your sins. You were captured by the spirit of the power of the air. That's how pervasive the enemy was. He was our very breath that we were breathing. We were captured by him. We couldn't go anywhere else. He was all around us. We were a fish out of water trying to breathe air, and it's not working. And there's no way that we can get ourselves back in there unless someone goes in search of us and picks us up and puts us back into the water of life. That's what Jesus did. Now think about these readings today. They speak about times of unrest, of persecution, times in which it seems like the enemy, the seventh grade gang, the capturer, is all around us and there's no way out. Think about this first reading. We have the image of these four terrifying beasts They represent the different kingdoms of the world in that area. The first one represented Babylon. The second one represented the Persian Empire that took over Babylon. And then the third one represented the Greek Empire, which took over the Persians. And then this last one that's kind of set apart is this terrifying one with iron teeth that devours everything. Think about who that was, the Roman Empire. And that Roman Empire was lasting for a thousand years. They call it the Pax Romana, which means the peace of Rome, which was a lie because only if you were a Roman citizen and a man did you actually find peace. Everyone else in society was living a living hell. And the way that Rome would remind the people of that is through crucifixions. Jesus wasn't the only one who was crucified. That was actually the way in which Romans wanted to remind people, if you mess with us, this is what's going to happen to you. And they would publicly crucify victims right outside the city gates, the most public place. These horrifying images saying, that's what happens to people that say no to Rome. That's the fourth monster right here. But then what happens to all of them? They wither away. There's another dream in the book of Daniel. It talks about the statue that gets tumbled by this rock that was not hewn by any human hand. The sense of having its own power being able to to go forth and crumple all of these seemingly forever kingdoms, they each fall. 
and we hear this powerful image of the thrones being set up, the ancient one. We all hear this later on in the book of Revelation. It's the same, it's the same place. You can hear the description. It's the same. And this court is convened. Each of these kingdoms that seem to be so proud and boastful, that horn, remember, who's speaking in, um, insults against the Lord, he's ultimately wiped out as well. And then it says, one like a son of man coming on the clouds of heaven. He comes before the ancient one and he receives the everlasting kingdom that won't crumble away. So all these other ones, they will fall away. But he's the only one that never, ever falls away. And think about what Jesus says here. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Heaven and earth means the sky, the heavens. It doesn't mean necessarily heaven, because heaven is always going to be there, because that's wherever the Lord is. But the heavens and the earth will pass away. Think about just how strong, how sure our footing is. And the Lord's saying, I'm actually more solid than that. I'm more solid than the, than the heavens above or the earth below. My word is what you should be leaning on. Just like we trust that this earth is going to support us right now, we should actually be leaning into the word of God even more. And the word of God is a person. It's Jesus. And he's come among us. He's the Goel. He's the Redeemer. He's the one that we've gotten lost, we've gotten surrounded, we've gotten captured and taken, and he's come in search of us. And he's looking at all of these kingdoms, all of this darkness that's there, and he says, I am the light of the world. And against me, no darkness can stand. So that's why we are called to stand straight, stand erect, stand proud, raising our heads, just like my little brother was able to raise his head and have courage because there was someone behind him that was more powerful than any of these bullies and by his look was able to cast them away, running home to their moms. The Lord can cast his look upon the enemy and say, you shall not touch my children. They're mine, and you have no dominion here. That's what we say in the baptismal liturgy, right? We say, I choose Christ, and I reject the enemy. And so live in your baptism. Sometimes we think of this as, in a sense, a grace that just kind of settles to the bottom of our soul and doesn't get stirred into a lived baptism. I love when I used to work with little children, I would do something called magic chocolate milk, and I would put chocolate syrup on the bottom of a glass of milk without stirring it. And I would say, see this milk? Watch what happens. And I stirred it, and all of a sudden it would transform. When we receive baptism, we have that chocolate, we have that sweetness. But unless we allow 
the Redeemer deeply to access and to allow that grace of baptism to come alive within us, it's going to stay on the bottom of the glass of milk. And maybe sometimes, even if it does come alive, over time, we just get used to our Christian faith, and it just becomes more and more settled down, and we get comfortable again. And we say, I got this. And we only really cry out to the Lord or really have him in our life when we really, really need him. But other than that, we're like, Lord, you're kind of like Superman. Come when Lex Luthor is, you know, doing his thing. Come when the Joker is doing his thing. But other than that, when it's peaceful, I don't really need you right now. I kind of got it covered. We have to move away from that mindset and say, I can't live, I can't breathe without your support, without your breath breathing in me. Because without you, I'm dead. With you, I'm alive. So as we move into this time of Advent, which is coming up this weekend, let's raise our heads. Let's remember who has come to find us and save us. And let's not just put them on the shelf, but let's hold on to this promise that his word never ever passes away. If we hold on to anything else in this life, any other kingdom, it will all burn away. If we hold on to Christ, he brings us home. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.